G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The story. I got to about forty, and um, life was going quite well. But I, I ended up, I ended up falling for somebody that I shouldn't have, and unfortunately, that led me into a into a path that was really quite destructive, and um, I ended up having an affair. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to the story. Our guest today had an affair. And in the middle of that affair, his wife asked him if he would like to go to church. In his mind at the time, he thought it was a great idea because, he reasoned, if he was going to go through with his plan of leaving his wife and children, then it'd be good if they were part of a supportive community like a church. However, something unexpected happened. Jim Raystrick will be sharing his surprising story with us today. But first, I want to mention to you that due to the adult themes that will be discussed in today's program, it's not recommended for young children's ears. Now, here's Jim Raystrick having a chat with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. Jim Raystrick, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. Glad to have you with us. And we should say that you've shared your story before at men's conferences. That's correct, yeah. So you kind of felt it was important that people know what you've gone through? It is, yeah. Um, Typically, people don't share that level of intimacy about their lives. But it really connects with the guys at the men's conference. It sure does. I always have questions afterwards, yes. Okay, well, we're going to find out exactly what happened to you in your life. Let's start finding out a little bit about your background. Born and raised in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne? That's correct, yeah. Pretty much all my life uh, I've lived in and around outer east of Melbourne, that's right. And what was your family life like? Uh, I had a great upbringing. My older siblings are are significantly older than me, so um, I was almost raised like an only child. Mm -hmm. I had every kid's dream in the the late 70s, which was uh, my parents owned a milk bar, so uh, (laughs) every other child was my friend. (laughs) If you grow up in that (laughs) small town, milk bar, everybody else is your friend. Is that right? And what about uh, spirituality and God? Yeah, my my parents, I believe, had a, a... a complex spirituality, but I think it's very similar to what a lot of Australian people would say. So they would say, I think my parents would have said that they were Christian, but we never went to church. But in reality, from what I know now, uh, very much not. You mm. know, if you, for argument's sake, if you believe in uh, reincarnation, you're not Christian. Mm. So, and it is a little bit DIY, and that's mm. quite typical with a lot of um, Australians. Is is that that idea of um, a little bit of everything, and karma, and a bit mm. of those different things? So, yeah. and you. Um grew up in a blended family? Yes. My older two siblings are, are from my mum's first marriage and my brother and I are the, are the other ones from uh, from the second marriage. So, yeah. So, how would you characterize your own spirituality? Up until uh, 10 odd years ago, I, I guess it was very much DIY spirituality. So, Do it yourself. Uh, yeah, do it yourself. So, um, you're a good person, you do good things. There probably is something, but I'd say that I was agnostic. There is something, but but you can't really know that. And, and that something isn't a person or isn't, you can't actually have a relationship with that. That's what I would have said. Okay. And in your 
younger years, you met your future wife at high school? That's correct. Yes, we did. So not exactly high school sweethearts. I I had left high school already by the time we started dating, but uh, yeah, we certainly knew each other. Yeah. So you knew each other for many years and eventually married and had children. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, she was raised partly in a church family. Her, her family actually used to drop her and her siblings off at church in the morning and then oh, okay. pick them up afterwards. So, yeah. So, some church background. That's right. But not her parents. No. Okay. No. So, in your married life, church was not a part and God and spirituality was just not a part? No, not at all. There was not, not even really any thought of church. Um, that's not something that we would have really conceptualized in any way. I would have thought there would be no reason to go to church. Why, okay. would, I, why would I want to do that? <laughs> okay, so you're cruising along in mm. life, mm-hmm. and you have a career, yeah. and it's going very well. Uh, I had quite a few different careers, in fact. Is that so, right? I, uh, yeah, in the 90s, I was, uh, I was in the Army. I was in the Australian Army. I was a uh, commando, a Green Beret. And then I uh, ended up as a buyer in an electrical company. So I, uh, I did that for, for a number of years. And then I got into real estate. So I did that for um, over 10 years, almost 13 years as a real estate agent. So yeah. How did that go? Ridiculously well. <laughs> oh, not just well, but <laughs> no, ridiculously, ridiculously well. well. So um, yeah, in real estate, being a, a semi-country real estate agent, you get to do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not just sell suburban homes. It's not just selling to first home buyers. Uh, sell farms, uh, sell businesses, sell um, commercial buildings, so all of those different things. And got to do all of those things, do, do some um, leasing things as well. So pretty much everything in real estate, I'm, I'm pretty confident I would have done in those, in those years. So yeah, never a dull moment. But you actually led a, a team. I did, yes. So um, I ended up buying a uh, an agency a few years into um, into my career after I got my my full license. I ended up buying an agency and uh, took on some business partners, and uh, eventually we uh, we ended up buying or setting up another agency as well. So we had multiple agencies, and uh, yeah, things were were great. Overseas holidays, oh, wow. multiple houses, new cars, you, you name it. It was uh, certainly living the high life. So financially, very set, living the dream. That's it. Yeah, financially, everything was great. I mean, in business, whether it's real estate or any other, there is always an up and down yeah. period. But um, by and large, it was on the up. So, but what was going on inside? When I hit forty, I think was was really that moment midlife crisis midlife crisis that's the theory Mm. but I don't know necessarily was just that there were there were things there were indicators all throughout Mm. my life that there was something missing and Mm. and the me right now would have said to the me back then yes you're missing God (laughs) but you didn't know it (laughs) but I didn't know that that's right and I I didn't know who God was so Mm. um I was really missing something and and that something was God but I uh I wasn't looking to go to a church, and and we had been part of, um, we had gone to weddings and such. So I had certainly stepped foot into a church before. That was the only time, pretty much. Yeah, I think. Oh, weddings there were, and funerals. There were funerals. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And actually, even a um, a couple of baptisms. I think we went to. Um, but uh, yeah, that, how long do I have to be here for? Okay, now that's done. Let's go. <laughs> oh, okay, so not something you particularly no. enjoyed. No, not at all. No. I got to about forty and. Um, Life was was going quite well, but I ended up I ended up falling for somebody that I shouldn't have, and unfortunately that led me into a into a path that was really quite destructive, and um, I ended up having an affair. That hmm. uh, wasn't my first affair. I had actually had affairs before, but this was one that was all encompassing. Was really one where I thought, this is somebody who understands me more than my wife does. This is somebody who I want to spend the rest of my life with. That's what I had thought. 
So um, that's what I'd, I'd sought to pursue. That's how things had gone. And that's the path you were taking. Yeah. Right at that point, when I was in this crisis of how am I going to end this and start this and get on with the rest of my life? Because as I said, my life was quite successful in Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways. And so what's the one area of your life that's not doing too well? Well, let's just make that area going well as well. That's what I was thinking. So yeah, I was at this point where I was thinking, okay, so how am I going to do this? We have children. Uh, I've got four children. How am I going to be able to end my marriage, uh, leave them into a safe space and pursue this other relationship? How can but I make that happen? Let's just back up a little bit. How was your relationship with your wife at this point? Um, quite distant. I was into certain levels still am quite a workaholic. So you just threw yourself into the yes. real estate and that's probably one of the reasons why it was successful? Yes. I, I, I but there was a cost. It. Yeah, then that's it. There is always a payoff and there is always a cost. And the cost was um, if you're not feeding into your relationship with your wife and your, your kids, that's not going to end well. So if I'm understanding you correctly, your relationship with your wife is deteriorating. Yes, very much. Out of lack of attention, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Yeah. But meanwhile, you're attracted to somebody else. Yeah. And in your mind, this is the ideal. That's right. This is where I'm going to have the most happiness. That's right. So yeah. I need to end one relationship mm. and start this new one. That's right. And then, right in the middle of all that, <laughs> your wife comes to you. Yep. And uh, yeah, my wife came to me and uh, and, and said uh, on a Saturday, she'd just come back from, from visiting a friend, and her friend had said to her, um, maybe you should uh, ask Jim if he wants to go to, uh, to church. And she said, there's no way that you will go to church. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, she, so she said this to me. I think uh, memory is a strange thing, but my memory was that I was making coffee or something. And, and she said, um, we just had this conversation, was wondering uh, if you wanted to go to church and how silly would that be or how, how fun would that be? And for just me- Just out of the blue. Out of the blue. And uh, for me, it was, this okay, this makes sense to me. Because my biggest issue really was- I had no problem with everybody hating me. I thought, yeah, okay, I get it. Everybody's going to hate me. Fine. I don't know that they necessarily love me anyway. So it's not really a big stretch. Mm. But how can I end this well? How can I make sure that they're as safe as can be so I can I can move on? Kind of ease your conscience. That's right, I guess. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And yeah, that's what I'd thought. I, I thought, well, if I can get them into a church group, a church family, where they can be supported through this mm-hmm. transition – that would be ideal. And so when she said that to me, I said, actually, I think that would be a really good idea. Oh. And, uh, but yeah. she doesn't know why you think it's a no, good idea. No, no, no. Yeah. She, she yeah. didn't know. She didn't know why. And um, she had some suspicions. Uh, and I think she'd even asked me once mm. or twice, and I denied. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what she said. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Jim Raystrick, who, as we just heard, was right in the middle of having an affair when, out of the blue, his wife asked him to go to church. We'll find out the unexpected thing that happened when he did go to church when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scadabo chatting with Jim Raystrick in our Melbourne studios. As we heard before the break, Jim was having an affair when his wife asked him to go to church. 
In his mind at the time, he thought this was a good idea because he reasoned if he was going to go through with his plan of leaving his wife and children, then it would be good if they were part of a supportive community like a church. So he said yes. This occurred on a Saturday and the plan was to attend church the next morning. This was just 24 hours before going. Yes, that's right. So it was on the Saturday. And uh, a, f- a few years earlier, I had a situation where I had been in proximity with all of the other pastors, vicars and church leaders in the area. And there were a few that I was thinking, oh, no, not them, not, not them. But this, there's this one guy that I, that I thought, he's actually sarcastic. I, I like that. I can, <laughs> I can get that. Yeah, that, that level of... Uh, you are attracted to him. That's it. Yeah, he seemed a lot more real. Whereas yeah, yeah. Um, some of the others in my thought, they, they really didn't feel like they were in touch with reality. That's mm. that's how it had felt to me. So this also, guy seemed grounded. Yeah, he definitely seemed, seemed grounded. So I thought, okay, well, let's grab the directory. Let's look up his number. I couldn't remember his name properly. So your but, wife uh, gave yeah. you the choice of which church to go to. Yes. Yes, oh, she okay. said. Yeah, which, yeah, whichever one that you want to go with. And I thought, okay, well. I'll yeah. pick the sarcastic guy. Yeah, the sarcastic <laughs> guy. He would be ideal. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And I thought that, that, that would work. And they, they seem to take this whole Christianity seriously. Yeah. You know, so let, let's give that a go. So um, I phoned him up. He took the call. I reminded him that we had met and that, that he didn't know me and I knew him. And and he said yes, and he sounded a, a little, not exactly put out, but a little bit on, on his heels, I guess, a little bit from this, like, nobody nobody does this. But I didn't know that. So I'd phone him what up. What are you, say, like, asking him permission? Can I yes, go to your church? that's exactly <laughs> what I did. I know from a Christian perspective that sounds weird. But if you look at it from a non-Christian perspective, you don't ring up somebody and say, hey, Eric, can I come around um, to your place tomorrow? Can we can we have dinner or whatever? You don't do that. It isn't like a social normal. And for me, that's where I was. I was yeah, thinking... Yeah. Okay, so so I rang him up and yeah, it's Jim. Yeah, do you remember me? I, this is where we've done this. Um, I was wondering, uh, you guys have got church tomorrow, haven't you? And he said, "Well, yes, it is Sunday. Yeah, so we are at church. Yes, yeah. That's right." <laughs> I said, "So, just wondering, is it okay if I come tomorrow to your church?" And he said, "Yes, you you can you can come to church. That that would be fine." I said, "Okay, I've got my wife with me as well. Is it okay if we if we both came? Is that a, is that all right?" And um, he said, yes, that, that would be fine. I said, I'll just push this a little further. I've actually got four <laughs> kids as well. So there's actually six of us. Is that going to be okay? And he said, yes, yeah, yeah Jim, that, that'd, be, that'd be fine. I said, okay, final question then. Is there anything I need to bring? And, and It's kind of like you're coming over for dinner That's or exactly right. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Because, you know, as non-church, that's exactly what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do I need to bring? Uh, I think I might have said, "Do I do I need to have a Bible because I don't have one? You know, do I need to bring something like that?" And he said, "No, no, just come you know, this time, this place, and away we go." Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Okay, so you show up the next day. We did. Yeah, I went to bed that night thinking, "This is good. It's all going to plan. This will go really, really well." Went into church. Uh, the next day, set up the kids who didn't want to go, of course, and we said, no, no, let's eat and you know, get, get together, get in the car, let's, let's go, let's go. So we went, and everything was good. I was, of course, um, a little standoffish, friendly, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's all good. Yeah, I'm, I guess all you people, you're all Christian, yeah, thanks very much, and we'll just sit at the back, and so so we did, and uh, everything was okay, and um, there's the singing there's the, um, they're doing their words, they're doing all these little little things that they're doing at church. So I thought, okay, that, that all seems fine. And everything was fine mm-hmm. up until, up until the sermon came. Mm-hmm. And once the sermon came, uh, it was like he was speaking directly to me and about me and what was going on for me. 
that's what it felt like. Oh, wow. uh, it was an absolute um, uh, directly to my heart. And we've since spoken about it. I've, as you might understand, we're quite friendly now. Um, mm. we, we can't articulate exactly what it was. Like, we've gone back and, and tried to find out what the sermon was. But whatever it was, it really convicted me. It really did. And it, and it instantly made a change for me. Instantly? Uh, instantly made a change for me. I thought, what have I been thinking? What, what has been going on up until this point? This is... This seems serious. This seems like there's something going on that I didn't mm. know. And I, I kind of think, that, yeah, kind of thought I was a pretty smart guy. Why did I not know this? Mm. I was 40-odd years old. Yeah. And uh, growing up in, in Australia, uh, uh, theoretically a Christian country, and nobody had ever told me the gospel. I had never heard it. And yet I did it at that day um, in a church through a sermon. Uh, I'd heard the gospel. So you were heading toward... Well, we now know a path of destruction. Absolutely. Ruining your family, mm-hmm. separating from your wife. Yep. And all of a sudden, the first time somebody preaches, you hear preaching, mm-hmm. it just grabs your heart. That's exactly what happened. And um, yeah, this is 10 years ago now. So, mm-hmm. um, But I can still remember how it, how it felt. I remember it felt like I was stunned. Mm-hmm. I, I felt shocked and stunned and thinking, what... What was I thinking? What 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 was you know, what was going on? What what was I about to do here? What what is? And so I was all these things going through my mind at the time, mm-hmm. trying to uh, be normal through mm-hmm. all of this, and uh, yeah, just absolute conviction and thinking uh, I need to backpedal. I need to work through this. I need mm-hmm. to try and find the path through. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I needed to do. So one practical change was that you decided to go back. Yeah, well, uh, back to church and me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. And and I can probably count on, on my hands the amount of times that we have not gone to church since. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. so a regular church attender yeah, every from that Sunday. day forward. Yep, and even uh, my first year especially, uh, they had two services at the church we were attending. Uh, I'd go to both services. Oh, wow, you just couldn't <laughs> uh, get enough. That's right, and actually there was another church that was a part of that as well, so I went three church services. Really? Yeah, uh, wow. on a Sunday. Thirsty. Because I wanted to know everything. Like, yeah. this is a whole thing that I didn't know anything about. And I thought, I can't not know. I, I must know. Okay. So, so meanwhile, mm. you have this other relationship. Yeah. What's happening there? Um, it was really quite sad. It seemed to me at the same time that conversion, if you like, to use a Christian term, was happening to, to me, that regeneration was happening to me. It was exactly the opposite with that relationship. So, just getting back to work the next day on the Monday, it was like everything stopped there. And I was trying to find a way to have a conversation to be able to work a way through that. And it just didn't happen. And it got worse and worse and worse. Um, business relationship and, and other you know, relationships through there. So it just, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And so it was a year of pain when it came to that. It was uh, really, really quite terrible. So in one part of me is uh, this new life is filled with joy and uh, learning and excitement, mm. and the other part of me is just pain and racked, and the separation of any relationship is quite painful, but especially the deeper mm. and more intimate the relationship, the more painful the separation is mm. going to be, and that's exactly what happened. So you ended that? Yeah, ended ended it straight away. So mm-hmm. uh, that was the end of that, um, and then we had to try and find a way of of you know extracting all of the other parts of that. Mm. So that was really quite difficult. And your relationship with your wife, what happened? Well, yeah, uh, of course, um, 
so she had um, not exactly the same reaction to the sermon, but uh, certainly to the church life and her spiritual growth. She she didn't know Jesus as Lord, neither mm-hmm. neither did mm-hmm. I. As I said earlier, she had been involved in church life and such, so she knew some of the things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, well, I remember <laughs> my first my first year. One of the big issues would would be um, turn to uh, Philippians and it'd be like, okay, so whereabouts is that in the Bible? You know, and she'd just go, oh, it's here. And it's like, how how do you guys? Is there bookmarks? Is there what are you doing? <laughs> Secret information. That's right. Why was I not told? So yeah, so she sort of had that angle. Yeah. Um, where I, I couldn't get to that really well, but you've well, overcome uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I'm not sure where Philippians is. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, so we got through that. But yeah. you eventually, both of you, mm. gave your hearts to the Lord. We did. So. Became Christians yeah. and were baptized. That's right. So for me, initially, there was a whole lot obviously going on mm-hmm. um, in just about every aspect of life for me everything was happening all at once so synapses going off um emotions going off everything and in the process i wanted to know everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I thought okay christianity that's that seems to be the thing that's been missing in my life i want to know everything right now um so we we had a regular catch-up with the with the vicar um to talk with him about you know what it was what is christianity so not just attending church let me let me just stop you right there so previously Mm. Your relationship with your wife it was deteriorating. Yes. Now, at this point? Almost instantly, our relationship was fantastic. It was the best marriage I could have ever hoped for. Really? Uh, yeah, instantly. Um, and I'd thought, why did I not know this earlier? Yeah, why, why was now, this? Now, I, I mean, obviously, we believe being a Christian is the right thing to do, but mm. how did it practically impact this relationship that was poor? Um. I think with being regenerate, um, with having that new joy, you know, that whole mm-hmm. Christian song, the joy, 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 deep, deep in my heart. Yeah. But the reality is there is that. If you didn't know... And you shared that with her. Yeah, that's right. So we had that. We, we both together were sharing that rapid growth together. We, we had a talking point. We had something we were both experiencing. So it was phenomenal. Um, but the other part of that was... She didn't know about the affair and the oh. issues that I'd had, of course. So uh, now you, at this point, face mm. a decision. Yes. Did you just keep that secret? Mm. But you're growing as a Christian. Yeah. So how do you do that? Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. So I um, initially I thought, look, I'm just going to put this in a part of my my mind and think, uh, as, almost as if you know I've worked at other jobs before. Maybe I could just treat it like that. So this is just a different job that I that I had. It was a different life that I had. I put that in a box in the back of my head and just get on with the rest of my life, and that'll be fine. But God doesn't work that way. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, in in having that happen to me, uh, that that joy, that transformation, all of those different things happened to me, and together as a couple, and the relationship, and the kids, and it was all just going so so well. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking. But this is only happening because they don't know. They don't know mm. what you've done. Yeah. And um, can you keep that a secret? Are, are you going to be able to do that? Because uh, you know nobody really else knew that apart from one other person. You know. So, so you would be tempted to say, "Well, this will just be my little yeah secret." Yeah, and that's certainly what I try to do. Mm. Um, for the, for the sake of everybody, I tried to just do that. But. I now, uh, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. I, I felt more and more challenged and convicted and all these different things going on with me. And I now feel that it was the Holy Spirit convicting me 
more and more and more and in that you must you must in order to be fully called christian you must give over all of these things and this is an idol that you're keeping secret mm. um, you must open that and i thought oh, how can i how can I do that? How can I just go, oh, by the way, I meant to tell you. You remember mm. how we we're going to go to church? I was going to leave you guys, but wow. you know, does anybody else want another muffin or something? You know, you, <laughs> you can't just yeah, yeah. You can't just do that. So I had thought, well, what, what am I going to do? Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to stop it right there as we've just run out of time for today's program. However, as we just heard, Jim faces a decision. Now that he and his wife have both become Christians and everything seems to be going along fine, what does he do now? We'll find out the answer next time. But before we end today, we should know that at this point in the story, there's much to rejoice about. Jim has repented of his sins and has asked God for forgiveness. He has ended the affair and is now growing in his new faith. The direction of his life has completely turned around. He's gone from heading down a path of destruction to heading toward a life of fulfillment, being led and guided by the Lord at each step of the way. Well, how about you? Maybe you can identify with Jim's story and have made serious mistakes in your life and need to ask God for forgiveness. If you'd like to pray with someone about this, our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's one 800 772 936. We'd love to pray for you on that line, 1-800-772-936. Finally, we'll end with this good news from the Bible that we can be forgiven of the very worst things we have ever done in our lives. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we need to do is tell God what we did wrong and that we are sorry for our sins. Then he'll forgive us and wash it away, transforming us into a new creation. Once again, if you'd like to pray with anyone about this, our prayer line is 1-800-772-936. Well, thanks for joining us for part one of Jim Raystrick's story. And until next time, when we'll hear the amazing way God works in his life, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I teed up a time, so we, we caught up, and I said, look, I, I need to tell you some things. We prayed before we did, and she said, look, just tell me straight, what, what happened? And I, I told her, and she said, yeah, I, I kind of thought that would be the case. Even though she was prepared as much as she could be, it was a shock. And I was thinking, that's it, so good, now, now we're good, now we'll be able to get on. And she's like, no, no, the marriage is over. And I thought, oh, okay, I hadn't really thought of that. Jim Raystrick was having an affair when, out of the blue, his wife asked him to go to church. After hearing the sermon, his life was changed forever. But he then faced the consequences of confessing his sin. We'll find out the amazing way God works in Jim's life next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.